This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Hot Stove Report. Going, going, goodbye baseball. On 710 ESPN Seattle. 710sports.com and the 710 Seattle app. Yes, welcome into the Hot Stove Show. Happy as always to have you with us. Aaron Goldsmith, Gary Hill, Shannon Dreyer, Diego Juan Wilder running things for us this evening. Uh, guys, it is uh, raining outside. It is freezing what? outside. It is? There is snow today. And uh, Shannon, as I just learned from you, you are like, uh, I mean, you're basically driving to SeaTac in the second hour to go down to Arizona. I'm actually already there, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going down like... Like Marco just signed this mega deal, and like you're going to beat Marco to spring training. That's fine with me. It, it, it snowed at my house. I got actually a significant amount of snow today, so I'm I'm glad it's time. It's let's get this thing going. I'm ready. All right, All and right. I hope my shoes make it. You know, every year the shoes. This is like this is a segment. Shannon shoes. Well, we covered it last week. But I, yes, yes okay. they're safely on the truck, or so I've been told. Okay, we'll, we'll find out soon. Enough. Now the You'll keys. Find out. Yes, all that's coming. All that is coming. <laughs> well, hey, some uh, really uh, thrilling news for the Mariners organization today as uh, we had the official paperwork filed with Marco Gonzalez and Jerry DePoto. Marco signing uh, a really, my goodness, Gary, a well-deserved extension. If you think of a guy that you would want to have around for years to come who kind of sets the tone and sets an example, especially for his peers in the rotation and the pitching staff. I mean, Marco's the guy, a four-year deal, four-year extension, It'll start in 2021. This is fantastic news for everybody. It really is, all the way around. Great for him, great for the Mariners, and you talked about it. I mean, with think about all the young guys they're going to have in the clubhouse the next couple of years, and to have him as a leader in that organization I think is a really big deal. On top of everything else, you look at the production too, and it's amazing. It's something we've talked about. Just look at the innings pitched alone. Right. I mean, so few guys are even qualifying at this point let alone reaching the 200-inning mark. And I mean, think there were 18 total this year. There were 15, 15 the year before. Compare that to 2005. There were 50. And Marco's one of those guys. I mean, the value of just getting that 200-inning mark, let uh, alone the production within the 200 innings. And, Shannon, I know I've heard some of your comments about this in, in the recent days since this news has come out that this extension would happen. And I think you brought up a great point, which is, Marco has this this air of a veteran, and he certainly pulls that off, and it's it's genuine. And really, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, he hasn't been around that long. And it keeps hitting me more and more. I was at the press conference today and going over all the comments and listening back to it, and he's had two full big league seasons. And you wouldn't know that. I mean, he has embraced the leadership role. It's part of him. And one of the interesting things that he said today, and it's something to keep in mind with a lot of these players is that when he was, you know, you remember when the Mariners first got him, he was coming back from the injury. You could barely get him to the fifth inning. He got through the fifth inning once, and you were wondering, okay, what have you got right now? Uh, He said that he'd kind of lost his first-round mentality. He's a former Mm first-rounder. And when that kicks in and when he got back to that and had confidence in the health, we saw what he was all about. 
And I don't think that ever really leaves a player. And and to see uh, just how fiery he's been, to see that, yeah, I'll take on the leadership. I don't care if I've only got two years of service time, no problem. And to know everything that he's been through. He got called up a little bit early for the Cardinals. He's pitched in the postseason. He's gone through a major surgery. He's come back from it. He's done a little bit of everything in a short amount of time. We will hear from Marco in one moment. First, let's hear from General Manager Jerry Depoto today at the signing. What Marco has been really since the day he got here uh, back in 2017 is truly one of the most consistent pitchers in the American League. And over these last two seasons, 18-19, has ranked in the top 10 in the league in innings pitched and wins. And, you know, very quietly in war, wins above replacement for starting pitcher, which is not to be taken lightly. Uh, We found him to be a foundational piece in what we were trying to build. And he does it with a competitiveness that I think drives the team around him that is uh, perhaps among the 25 guys, we would assume be 26 in our clubhouse, the thing that stands out most about Marco. Uh, One of the more competitive players I've run across in in doing this job. Uh, He's got feel, it's high character, he's prepared, he understands what his job is, and he knows how to mix uh, a series of pitches that limit hard contact and keep hitters off balance among the best in the league at what he does. And at a time where the best pitchers in the league are often throwing 95 to 100 miles an hour, Marco goes out there and does his 90-91 thing and keeps pace with all of them. And I think that's reflective of maybe how he grew up, the way he was taught, and you know, his feel for pitching. So uh, we think this is hopefully the first of multiple of these conferences to discuss where we're going with Marco and, and believe he's not just a, a part of what we're doing on the field, but so critical to developing this young team in the clubhouse. That was general manager Jerry Depoto in, in a very bold sport coat, might I add, today. Anybody else see this? That's the signing sport coat. Is Haven't we seen sport? that before? I, okay. I, I, I think that to... we have seen that before. I feel like we have, yeah. I think that's right. It does not diminish the boldness. Can we agree? Absolutely not. Feels like we have a segment on the next wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jerry his, Depoto's closet. His, his sport coats have come up <laughs> many a time, actually. Uh, now let's hear from the man of the hour, Marco Gonzalez. To the Mariners and, and the city of Seattle, I think – we found our home. Um, you know, we, we truly believe that the reason that I'm so competitive and passionate here is because this is our home city. Um, this is the place that we're going to defend and, um, you know, make it our, our home stadium. Um, so when, pe- when teams come in here, you can understand why I'm a little fiery and a little feisty sometimes, and I'm sorry about that. But uh, actually, I'm sorry for not being sorry. Um, but I just... I want, to, I want to say thank you for opening, uh, welcoming me with open arms and uh, really just you know, appreciating the pitcher that I am and the athlete that I am. And um, I just hope to pay that back and pay it forward to all my teammates, the young guys we have coming up. I know that I have a serious role on, of leadership on this team, and um, I don't take that lightly. And uh, all I want to do is win, and, uh, and I think you know what you're going to get from me every fifth day. You know, I'll never forget, we were in Pittsburgh and years ago, this was way back in like 2013, when the Pirates were really really doing great things. Clint Hurdle was their manager, and Clint Hurdle had a quote about his clubhouse that I'll never forget. He said, when you have a strong clubhouse, it's like having a self-cleaning oven. He said, I never have to worry about it. And when I think about the Mariners having a guy like Marco Gonzalez in their clubhouse as kind of one of those anchors, I mean, that's the type of piece that you have in your clubhouse that is as important off the field 
as he is every fifth day on the mound. And I, I can understand why for some fans that might be a hard thing to grasp when you're not around Marco as often as people in the business that are, are as fortunate as we get to be to talk to Marco and get to know him a little bit. But this is, I mean, this is an anchor. This is an anchor of both what he does with the baseball in his hand, and he's an anchor for, I mean, Shannon, all the young guys who are going to be coming up for the Mariners not only this year but in the years to follow and to know that Marco will be there and can kind of be the guy to put the arm around a young player like a Justin Dunn or whoever it might be. I mean, this is critically important, and it's a great signing. And when you think about it, there are so many guys that are out there that really don't want to take that on or, you know, say that they will be the quiet leader or lead by example. Sure, great point. Marco is already coming up with plans on how they're going to do things in spring training and how they're going to do things as a group and how they're going to watch each other's bullpens because they felt they got away from that or didn't do that quite enough last spring and the value that's in that. He's talked to Justin Dunn a little bit about the relationship that that group had down in double A because he heard of it, but he wasn't a part of that, but wanting to learn a little bit more about that. So, uh, you know, he's been there. He's been through it. He's had great role models. Adam Wainwright was his mm-hmm. guy coming up with the Cardinals. There's not, I, you know, he's on the list of great role models in the game right there. And he's willing to take it on and to share it. And that's one of the reasons why the signing was made, and that's something that another club would be looking at the Mariners. They don't really know. They don't put a value on it, but the Mariners, uh, Jerry DePoto in the press conference said it's been a three-year interview for him. They've had him. They've seen him. They did all the due diligence before they got him. Marco was brought up in the game. His dad is a pitching coach in the Rockies organization, and they felt very good about him, and I think we've seen that. And you look on the field, the last two years combined, and Jerry DePoto references as well, in terms of Fangraph's war, I mean, he's in the top 20 in baseball in the last two years combined. I mean, that's a that's an impressive group to be a part of. I feel like on a day like this we need to go back and remind folks of those who, in various social media forums and platforms, <laughs> were just losing their biscuits about Tyler O'Neill getting traded for this lefty who throws like 91 with a changeup. Tyler O'Neill, he can, he can lift a car. I guess it, I guess it worked out okay. It worked, you know. It sometimes you got to wait for trades to play themselves out. I, he can lift a car. He can. I mean, he's <laughs> nice pipes, Tyler. Oh, thank you. <laughs> he's very strong. But Marco, uh, this is great, great news. We're going to talk more about Marco Gonzalez with the Mariners' assistant general manager, Justin Hollander, joins us for a couple of segments coming straight up. All things Mariners, all off-season. The Hot Stove on 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Glad to have you with us on the Hot Stove Show. Aaron Goldsmith, Shannon Dreher, and Gary Hill. You know, we are uh, awfully fortunate in our line of work to work for an organization that is pretty transparent, and at least as transparent as they can be with uh, information regarding uh, player moves, philosophies, and whatnot. Uh, we talk to Jerry DePoto all the time. And uh, now a chance to uh, chat things over with his right-hand man, the Mariners' assistant general manager, Justin Hollander, joins us tonight on the hot stove. Justin, how are you, my friend? Devastated to not be a part of this Dodgers-Red Sox win trade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Is it that, I, uh, I mean, is Jerry? I with Jerry, and he says, I mean, he's a mess right now. He said, in my, I just, I don't know what to do. I'm just cooking popcorn. I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're out in the cold. We're doing hot stove talk and just signing extensions. And this is not the Mariners that you've come to know and love. You know, every time that there's a three team deal that doesn't involve Jerry, I see him just getting really moody for like a week. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
I mean, like, I would not uh, want to be in the office. Very, very disciplined this spring. Uh, this spring and this winter, Jerry is. He's a whole new man. I, the Mariners have been very low-key this winter. Well, as we've noticed, uh, there have been a couple of extensions that we're eager to talk to you about. Uh, obviously, the one of, uh, of right now is Marco Gonzalez. Uh, we've uh, heard Marco uh, here on 710 throughout the day. We just heard a soundbite from him and from Jerry from earlier today at the ballpark discussing the extension. What can you tell us, Justin, about kind of the – back working of this i know you can't reveal everything but what might you be able to tell us about how this came about and obviously the mariners long-term desire to have marco in the fold sure uh so we sat down jerry and i did with marco's agents at the winter meetings uh they have a number of players on the free agent market but primarily the meeting was just to make sure that everyone is in a good place with marco and while we're there uh both of us expressed an interest in making sure that marco was with the mariners long term uh it was really important to him and his wife monica uh, her family's from here. Marco went to school up here. Obviously, Marco's been, you know, by results and performance, one of the 10 best pitchers in the American League over the last two years. And that's hard to find. Uh, and we felt really good about um, doing it uh, and a deal that made sense for us. They saw it similarly to us. Uh, and it really wasn't a knockdown, drag out negotiation where we we're wildly far apart in how we saw it. It was, it was really pretty quick. And I think everybody was very accommodating and, and very willing to, to give a little on their end to make sure that Marco's a Mariner for a long time. I mean, this must feel awfully nice to have uh, two extensions done uh, before spring training starts. Obviously, Evan White signing the extension. It would appear as though we're going to be seeing a lot of him in Seattle this year. Is this something that you guys, uh, I know Jerry has revealed that when the Evan White extension happened, he said very clearly, this will not be the last extension you see us do, whether it be this year or in the years to come. I mean, I'm imagining a whiteboard up here with names and boxes, and you've now checked two of them off. In terms of uh, off-season plans in a quiet off-season, I'm guessing that this is going about as according to plan as you guys would have hoped, if not even maybe a little bit better. Absolutely, and it's something that you know we hope these aren't the, uh, the only two we do. Obviously, I think Jerry mentioned today, if, the, if these sort of deals have to or, or come together it's because everybody gives a little the player wants to be in seattle for a long time the club wants to extend the, the guarantee that it wouldn't necessarily normally have to to the player uh but i don't think we're done uh i think we want to build stability we want to re- build around the core that we've talked about now for the last 12 to 18 to 24 months and this is just part of that Speaking of stability, we've talked about Marco and his production on the field. How much of this helps, though, off the field, him in the clubhouse, especially with the young players you've you've mentioned? Um, I I think it definitely does. I think it's hard to I guess value that. Mm-hmm. Other than Marco's very good in the clubhouse, I think his worth ethic speaks for itself. His leadership skills and it, it, you know knowing that he's going to be here for a long time, uh, I think gives him more freedom to extend his wings a little bit with the next wave of guys, the guys that have already been up here, like Justice Sheffield and Justin Dunn, and, and the next group of players that maybe come through, the Logan Gilberts and the George Kirby's. You know, he is setting a tone and setting an example. Do things the right way. Uh, I'll help you, and you have a chance to be in Seattle for a long time, and I think that's only a positive coming through it. Uh, with Marco, I think we mentioned this with Evan as well, it just isn't about the performance it isn't about the talent it isn't about the person it's about all of it if you're going to commit to that kind of money for a player for those kind of years you're looking for the total package and with the guys we've done so far we feel really confident about everything that they bring to the table on the field and off of it 
Justin, what kind of projection do you do in looking at the player and looking at the league when you're looking at years and what you are going to do with them and what you are going to offer? Um, with Marco, it's a little different than somebody like Evan. Obviously, Evan's coming from double A, uh, so it, it's harder to project out what he might do. Uh, he's years away from being arbitration eligible, uh, so it's, it's more guesswork with Evan. Uh, and I guess the, the goalposts are a little wider on what he might do uh, because he has no track record in the big leagues. With Marco, he's a year away from arbitration. There's a two-year track record. Um, he's on a very clear path towards salaries over the next three years. Uh, through his arbitration control years, um, if he stays healthy, if he continues to perform. And I think in that respect, as I mentioned, it's, it's a little easier for both sides to agree um, what the first three years of this sort of deal should look like because there's a lot of precedent for what players who do things that Marco does get paid through the process. So that made it very easy for us and his agents to come together and come up with at least the first three years of what made sense if we were going to go down this path. Justin Hollander is the Mariners' assistant general manager, kind enough to join us for a couple of segments. This is the first of two here on the Hot Stove Show tonight. Justin, when you and Jerry and the rest of the department are talking about extensions for players and are identifying players for those extensions, uh, can you tell us kind of what's the checklist? What is it that you are looking for on a player where, as a group, you say, yes, this is somebody that we want to pursue serious conversations of having uh, – uh, make a Mariner for years to come before they are a free agent? That's a great question. Um, age, certainly a factor in this. Uh, years of control, uh, how far we control the player before they're eligible for agency. Uh, obviously, talent level is a big deal. You want to assign the good players for as long as possible. So, talent level matters. Wait, what? <laughs> I know. Sorry to throw that, that out there. Um, <laughs> The, uh, the Mariners are not signing me to a five-plus one, <laughs> but uh, uh, no. So talent obviously matters. How that how that talent impacts our club, and then I think the window that the club is in. You know the you know the the life cycle of every team comes and goes. You have your winning windows, your you know your now contention windows, and then your rebuild windows. Uh, and I know that, that we've made a big deal organizationally that we thought Marco was a part of a contention window when we acquired him uh, was. We, we believed in the talent and the age to be able to sustain through a rebuild. And now we're going to, like, you know, I guess the best way to say it, now we are going to employ Marco. Marco is going to be a Mariner through what we hope is a rebuild and then our return to contention, uh, hopefully as soon as possible. Justin, a follow-up on that. Are, is there a snowball effect that you could foresee happening with this? First you get Evan White, then you get Marco Gonzalez, then you get fill in the blank, whoever it might be, and now all of a sudden – there is, there. I mean, it's only human nature, right? There has to be more buy-in from guys in the clubhouse when they see that, hey, this guy who's playing so well is here for a while, this guy's here for a while, and now they're going to start talking to me. Now all of a sudden it becomes more of an attractive deal to make. Is that something that you could maybe foresee happening? I think so. I hope so. Um, you know, human behaviors, people model after other people. They see achieving things in their life they want to see. Um, I think when... When players do things well, they want to see other players rewarded. When players are rewarded, it is easier for us as an organization to ask players to buy into what we're doing. It's a, it's a cycle, and I think everybody's accountable to that cycle. Um, we hope that by creating stability and transparency with what we do, with our coaches, with our front office, with our fans and our players, that we're creating that sort of cycle where everybody buys into what we're trying to ask everybody to, to do. 
And when they do, there's a reward at the end of it. There's a reward for the player and financial security. There's a reward for the club and more control. And there's a reward for the fans in the organization, which we hope is winning in playoff games down the line. Well, it's just terrific news for the Mariners and uh, every Mariners fan to have Marco Gonzalez locked up with the extension. We're going to be talking more with Justin Hollander, Mariners assistant general manager, coming up on the other side of this timeout. Back to more of the Hot Stove on 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Hot Stove Show rolls along. Aaron Goldsmith, Shannon Dreher, and we are joined on the phone once again by Mariners Assistant General Manager Justin Hollander. Justin, uh, eager to talk to you some about the latest Baseball America Top 100 Prospect Rankings. It turned out very favorably for the Mariners. Only four organizations, as you are well aware, no doubt, Justin, have more players represented in the Top 100 Prospects in Baseball. Uh, If I were you guys, I would be furious that you don't have two in the Top 10. You have eight and 11. Oh, gosh, you could have been so close, Justin, to have two in the Top 10. But you have the number eight prospect in Julio Rodriguez. Jared Kelnick checks in at number 11. I mean, to me, this has got to be just complete validation for everyone in your department, Justin, that hey, the, the plan is the plan is in motion. This is working. The industry is validating the players that you have acquired. I think it's great. I'm really excited for our scouting people, for our player development people, for our front office, for our fans. Uh, it's, it's, it's not often that happens. You have two of the top 11 prospects. You know, we have come a long way in this area over a short amount of time. Uh, obviously, it required trading some good players and being fortunate to have signed some good players in Latin America and drafted some players that all sort of came to fruition, uh, talent level-wise and performance-wise, all in the same year last year, particularly with our Double A group. Uh, it's great news for what comes next for us, uh, and definitely, you know, obviously last year a tough year in the big leagues for us, but it, that does validate some of what we're doing is that the talent is coming. You know, one guy that in that top five or the five in the top 100 that nobody has seen play minus like maybe some social media grainy clips is Noel V. Marte, a very young infielder and really is kind of where Julio Rodriguez was in terms of development a couple of years ago. Marte is uh, per baseball America. Justin is the number 92 prospect in the entire game. Uh, what can you tell us about Noel V. Marte that makes uh the industry so high on such a young player who is yet to play in the States. Sure. Noelvi's legit. Um, Noelvi has in our, in our, in our verbiage, Noelvi has big tools. Noelvi can run like really run. Uh, Noelvi's got power. He can throw. Um, Noelvi can do a lot of things and he is a physical specimen at 17 years old. Um, and obviously you don't want to put too much pressure on or overhype somebody who's never played in the States. Uh, again, for us, maybe almost as much as any other prospect that was on the list, that selection in the top 100 for Noelvi validates how we feel about him internally. There's a lot of young players with tools at the lower levels of the minor leagues for the industry to tell Baseball America that Noelvi deserves to be at that spot. I, he had to have been one of the younger players on the list and one of the few players who's not made a stateside debut to be on the list. Um, that feels great for our international scouting department, for our player development department. Um, Noel, we really blew up the DSL, particularly in the, uh, the last month of the season in August. I know he was their number one ranked prospect in that league. Uh, Baseball America's number one ranked prospect at the end of the year. We're really excited to see what he does over the next couple of years. 
Justin, one of the things that really jumped out at me, I was waiting for the list of invite players to spring training, and when we got it, just about every name was familiar, and I don't remember ever seeing something like that. There are usually a lot of invites, but you want to see your own players, which is great to see. And one of the groups that I'm going to be most interested to see in spring training is the young relievers. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that group and what you've got in individuals and what you think you've got as a whole of the group that's coming up. No, it's a really, really interesting group. Um, guys who have funk and deception, guys who have overpowering stuff. Um, there's guys like Aaron Fletcher, who we acquired from the Nationals last year at the trade deadline, who went out and absolutely dominated both double A after we acquired him and then in the fall league. Um, guys like Joey Gerber, uh, who we drafted two years ago from University of Illinois. Uh, our scouting department did a great job getting him, I believe, in the ninth round. Uh, and Joey deceptive. His fastball is unbelievable. It looks like it's coming right out of his side. You can't see the ball and it's mid to upper 90s. Um, and it, I would imagine terrifying to face in the box. Uh, there's also guys like Wyatt Mills coming to camp. Uh, Wyatt was our third round pick my first year here in 2017. Uh, and Wyatt pitched for Team USA at the end of the season this year. Uh, did a great job for Team USA. Uh, had a really big second half in Arkansas. There's a lot of guys that I think you'll see matriculating in Seattle this year that will form the core of a really good, flexible, unique bullpen. You mentioned a lot of young bullpen pitchers. You have a a lot of young position players in camp as well. When you watch spring training play out and watch these young guys play in spring training, what are you watching for? What do you look for when they play? Try not to focus on the results because I think we can all get too excited or too disappointed depending on how spring training goes. Every year there's somebody who blows up spring training and then reality sets in uh, when the regular season starts, and it's, it's just not that easy. Um, and so you really want to focus on where they're at from a baseball skills perspective, the raw physical tools, their baseball aptitude, how they interact with the coaches and their teammates, their ability to make adjustments and absorb information. Um, I think just watching them on that stage is helpful, not for the results, but how they react to that stage, how they react to big league players. Because as you guys know, you'll get in an early spring training game and you may see Corey Kluver or Trevor Bauer or you name it, pitching against somebody like Julio Rodriguez or Jake Fraley, somebody that is far and above like major league accomplishment level what these guys have ever done. Uh, and it's a chance for them to kind of show out and show what they can do in that moment. And it's fun for us to watch, obviously. Justin Hollander is our guest here on the Hot Stove Show. He is the Mariners' assistant general manager. Justin, what's it what's it like uh, when you are watching a game and you are in Jerry's box? What are you guys watching for? What is that What is that like? Is this like real life fantasy baseball where you're living and dying on every pitch? I have to imagine that's it can be a little nerve wracking and also very exhilarating. It can be. I try not to ride the highs and lows that hard. Uh, it's probably one of the lessons I've learned over my 14, 15 years of doing this is that you can't live and die on every pitch because you'll grow old very fast. Uh, I typically eat my way through the game. That's my nervous energy. Uh, but uh, no, it's, you know, you're watching for big picture, you know, d- are we in the right place? Does the roster fit well together? I don't think we, or at least we try not to make very emotional decisions based on what happened in an individual at bat or an individual pitch um, for big picture things like what is the future of this player because he did or did not make a play on a, on a double play ball or did or did not come through with a runner in scoring position in the eighth inning of a game in May. I think you would 
drive everyone crazy if you live like that. And it's probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned over time is, is more watch and take it all in as opposed to reactionary thinking and acting. Justin, you joked about it a little bit at the beginning of uh, the first segment in that it's it's been quiet and you guys have been bored. And uh, What do you do as a front office in a season where you're not going to be making a lot of moves? What have you done? A lot of focus on our own internal processes, how we deliver information to staff members, how those staff members deliver information to coaches, improving our information platforms, our systems and programs, uh, spending a lot of time with leadership issues and making sure our departments are structured correctly so that when the talent on the field catches up, um, that talent is met with systems and programs that is worthy of them. The day that Julio Rodriguez comes to the big leagues, I want the major league hitters advanced meeting to be as good as we think Julio is. Uh, and the same thing with Jared Kelnick and the same thing with the starting pitcher advanced meeting and Logan Gilbert or George Kirby. So in that respect, we've sort of, taking a step back in all areas, including looking at our own systems and programs and making sure that those are wired correctly and effectively to help our players be the best versions of themselves. Okay, i got to know, as we're watching the Red Sox, Dodgers, Twins, Angels, all this trade happening, uh, do you watch this unfold in real time as we're watching it, or do you just text like an assistant GM with the Dodgers and find out exactly what's going on? Or are you aware of it before I- it's happening? I'm not aware of it before it's happening. Okay. I'm actually, I was trying to get my kids to eat dinner uh, while, while it was unfolding on Twitter. I did send Jeff Kingston, uh, who worked with us in Seattle and who's now with the Dodgers, a text message. He did not tell me what, what was involved in the deal. Uh, but, yeah, we're on watching it unfold like everybody else. Okay. And Jerry and I were texting back and forth about the players involved and who we like the deal for. But it's very much the same experience that everyone else is having. You know, a Red Sox fan or a Dodgers fan, oh, I like it for this team, I don't like it for this team. You know, we, we don't get any heads up on it. So we're, we're seeing it just like everybody else, and it, it's awesome for baseball. I think it's pretty cool to see that kind of player movement and those kind of names go coast to coast. Even even he has to get his kids to eat dinner. <laughs> yes. That's my biggest takeaway here. Like, forget inside trade knowledge. He's even like, no, just just, just eat, it. eat it. Just eat the dinner. Eat. Like this. Yeah, like I said timers. I've, I've That's left all of my wife for six weeks starting on Sunday, so I felt like I should be a participant in the process. <laughs> <laughs> we have a few minutes left with Justin Hollander, Mariners' assistant general manager. Uh, you know, Justin, I, when even just a moment ago you were naming off a lot of the players that Mariners fans have started to follow online, their journey through the minor leagues. I mean, can it be difficult, even though you know you have to be patient with the process, even for you and Jerry – can it be difficult to wait, right? I mean, you know, you hope you know what these young players can do, but you have to let it play out. You're looking and talking, about, looking at these players' names on a whiteboard, and you're hearing internal feedback, uh, most of it uh, very positive about these players, and yet they have to go through the steps. How difficult is that in the front office, in the organization, to know that hey, this, this does take a little bit of time? I would say the the watching the losing happen is awful. Uh, not to put uh, to find a point on it. I've never been a part of something like this. Uh, this will be. I think this year we picked sixth in the draft. I think the highest pick of a team that I've ever worked for in the again fourteen fifteen years that I've been in professional baseball is fifteenth before this year. So watching that kind of 
lack of success or, or, or poor play wins and losses is never like I've never done it before. And it's a big adjustment personally. Um, I think professionally, you have to understand the players will tell you when they're ready. And if you try and force it, whatever you're hoping to accomplish, you will have gone the other way and it'll make it longer. Forcing things, uh, forcing trades, forcing players through the system to get them here in a hurry to try and save a season or speed up a rebuild process. They'll tell you when they're ready. And I think we would be doing a great disservice to the organization the Mariners fans, everyone, if we just jammed everybody up as fast as we could, as opposed to making sure they're they're ready to be good when they arrive. Well, Justin, we appreciate the time, man. It is always a real pleasure to speak with you, and we'll be seeing you in person in Peoria not too long from now. But thank you for uh, taking some time away from uh, a recently finished family dinner and uh, some red-hot stove work around Major League Baseball to join us tonight. We appreciate it, man. See you guys in Arizona soon. You got it. That is Justin Hollander, Mariners assistant GM. Uh, my favorite, by the way, Justin Hollander story. Last spring training, we were like a week from leaving for Tokyo. Logan Gilbert came on to pitch. And this was his, I didn't realize it at that exact moment yes. in time, but this was, his, great story. this was his pro debut, right? Because mm-hmm. he missed the whole year before after being drafted. He had mono. And I, I was foggy on the details as to why he missed time, and I quickly looked him up on baseball reference when he was coming out of the bullpen in the middle of an inning and like his headshot was there right his name was there on baseball reference but there was no pitching information there was no log and i knew justin was at the game and i quickly texted him and i said hey wh- why didn't why didn't logan gilbert pitch last year and he said well he had mono i said thanks and then he texted me back and he said if he does well today scott's gonna bring him to tokyo <laughs> and now keep in mind we're like now, we're like 10 seconds before we come back on air, right? And and I'm doing the play-by-play. I'm like, well, here's Logan Gilbert. What? <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, like I know Justin well, but I don't know Justin like, hey, well, let's joke over text messages about player moves well, right? At least I didn't think so. And I'm like, I'm this can't be. No. This, but we're in the inning. Like I can't like be like, hey Gary, what do you think? Blow, what do you think? I didn't say anything, and then like three seconds later, oh, I wrote back, are you serious? <laughs> and he said, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So I don't, only comeback I had was to say, I just said it on air, man, <laughs> which I didn't. Ooh. No, I didn't. Yeah, I, but then I was like, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But he got me really good. He got me really good. But I thought this is a lot of pressure for Logan Gilbert, man. They must think pretty highly of this guy. Uh, great to talk to Justin Hollander, quite the jokester. When we come back, we're going to talk with Jeff Fletcher, who is the beat writer for the Angels. Kind of busy right now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, is are he going to pick up the phone? Gonna, have we checked in on him? Uh, he's warned me, yes, he will be on. There's a chance left to go, like, mid-conversation. Oh, but he's coming on. A hot show of history yeah. about to be made. Jeff Fletcher covers the Angels for the Orange County Register. Joins us next. All things Mariners, all off-season. The Hot Stove on 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Glad you're with us, as always, for the Hot Stove Show. Aaron Goldson, the Shannon Dreher, and Gary Hill. As we're joined on the phone right now, Jeff Fletcher of the Orange County Register. He is the beat writer for the Angels. 
And uh, first of all, Jeff, uh, Justin Hollander, we just had on, Mariners assistant general manager, he wanted me to tell you hello. I guess you were both Ohio guys, and obviously during his time with the Angels, he must have gotten to know you pretty well. Oh, yeah, Justin's a great guy. I, uh, I He likes Ohio State, though, and I hate Ohio State, so I always give <laughs> oh, no, him he, a, now he did not mention him that a hard time when they lose. So. <laughs> now, um, you know, Gary has uh, forewarned us that you've basically told him that at any moment you could hang up on us. Is that correct? Uh, that is unfortunately true. Yeah, <laughs> finishing up a trade, I believe, and so I'm just kind of waiting to see when that's going to happen. Okay. Well, um, so we'll, we'll, I guess we'll speak quickly here. Uh, so there's obviously okay. a, a big deal that is going down as we speak. It sounds like it's basically at the goal line if it has not been finalized between the Dodgers and the Red Sox. That involves uh, David Price and Mookie Betts. What is the Angels' ramifications of this deal? Uh, well, it sounds like the Angels are getting Jock Peterson from the Dodgers in exchange for Luis Ranjifo. And uh, without really knowing all the details, I, it sounds like the Dodgers probably needed to move Peterson to create some payroll space since they're taking on Price and uh, David Price and Mookie Betts. So that kind of sounds like the Dodgers' uh, incentive for as far as the Angels. They're just, they had another bat for their lineup. They're going to have a very good deep lineup. Doc Peterson had 36 homers last year, so he now goes into the outfield with Mike Trout and Justin Upton, and they have Shohei Otani and, and Anthony Rendon in the middle of their lineup, so uh, they, they should score a lot of runs. Jeff, big moves for the Angels this offseason. Has this been a target year? Is there a window that they are looking at right now, and how did uh, just all of this kind of evolve for the team this year? Well, I think they sort of looked at this year as the beginning really of their chance to to really contend a lot more than they have recently they've sort of they've tried every year they haven't really done a rebuild but they have looked at certain years where they knew that they didn't want to part with guys from their farm system and they didn't want to spend a lot of money on free agents they didn't really think were were worth it so they kind of been trying to piece it together year to year with guys like trevor kale and matt harvey and obviously it wasn't working but uh but this year they they went out and they they tried to get garrett cole they came up a little short uh, on him. The Yankees gave him the most money, and I think that's where he wanted to be all along anyway. But then they went and pivoted to Anthony Rendon, who's the best position player on the market, and uh, they stick him in the middle of the lineup with Trout and uh, all these other guys. And I think they feel like you can you can always improve your team, even if it's not the way that people think you need to improve your team. You're still getting better if you add good players, no matter what their conditions are. What is the plan with Otani coming into the season? And do I have it right where he could potentially DH for the Angels in a game and then go out on a rehab assignment as a pitcher and not have to go on an IL this year? Is that do I have that right? That is correct. That is correct. If you're rehabbing an injury as a pitcher, you can make rehab assignments without being on the IL. So he could be an active player. And it's just they would only have they'd have one less active player that night while he's pitching in the minors. So essentially he would still be an active player, but he would be sort of off for the day in the minors someplace. Uh, and they could do that, I think, if they – they're probably going to limit his innings this year because he's he hasn't pitched the full season since 2016. So they don't want him to probably, just off the top of my head, throw maybe 100 or 120 innings might be a limit. So if they decide the best way to do that is to not have him start pitching until, like, May 1st or something like that, they could basically have him do his spring training in April – in the minor leagues as a pitcher while hitting all along. Jeff Fletcher is our guest on the hot stove. He covers the angels for the orange County register. You know, Jeff, the, 
the Otani wound here in Seattle. I, I mean, what do you think, guys? I mean, that's healed now, right? That's is it healed? Gary, Shannon, is that? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, for, <laughs> like I think. I mean, that first year was really, I think, Jeff, really difficult for a lot of Mariners fans. Uh, the, the organization, Jerry Depoto, they were, were very transparent with all of the efforts uh, in order to uh, lure Otani to Seattle, which obviously did not work out. So we've been watching him up close and personal in the Mariners division so often. But I'm curious, with obviously with Tommy John, which has curtailed his ability to simply be on the field, I mean, how would you kind of put into perspective Otani so far as an angel? Has this been a disappointment relative to what you were hoping for or the fan base was hoping for? Has it been a success based on uh, the numbers he's put up offensively? How do you judge what has happened with Shohei Otani in the majors in his young career so far? Well, obviously the fact that he had Tommy John surgery is a disappointment. But I think that, you know, at the time he signed – they knew he had a grade one sprain of his UCL. Every team knew that, and they still wanted him just because he was so young and you're going to get him for at least six years at virtually no money. So even if you have to take a chunk out of that, you still it's still worth getting him. And plus, he's basically had the most productive Tommy John rehab in baseball history because he was able to hit the entire time pretty much that he was out. So they've still got a lot of value out of him so far, and I think that just the way he's hit and the way he's pitched – so far in the you know 60 innings and 600 at bats, they're both well above average. So if anybody can do both of those things at an above average level, it's hard to say that's a disappointment. Away from Otani, what do you see for the starting rotation for the Angels this year? Well, that's a good question. They have uh, they got Dylan Bundy, they got Julio Tehran, and uh, I think the thing that those guys most have to offer is they never really get hurt. The two of them have both started 90-plus games over the last three years, which is something the Angels desperately need. So I think they're feeling that if they can just have major league starters that stay healthy, that in itself will be an improvement, even if they're not really front-line starters, so to speak. They're just not going to their 10th and 11th starter on the depth chart if they've been having to do in past years. Uh, besides that, they have Andrew Heaney. They are hoping they can get a healthy year out of him. He was healthy all of 2018, so they hope he can do that again. And uh, Griffin Canning came up last year as a rookie, and uh, he certainly showed some promise. He was their best pitcher at times during his uh, rookie season. And uh, then they got guys like Patrick Sandoval, Jaime Berea, uh, kind of a cast of, uh, of thousands to, uh, to fill out the bottom of all that. It's funny. Mike Sosha was there in the Angels dugout forever, and then – now two managers in, in two different years after the fact, but what is the Madden factor coming into this season for the Angels? Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, and, you know, Angels fans certainly wanted to have Joe Madden as their manager. There's kind of a mystique about him, you know, because he led the Rays to the World Series and won the World Series of the Cubs. But I'm kind of a believer that the manager doesn't really have a huge impact. I think it's mostly the players. It's all the players. So, you know, whether Joe Madden is going to make them better, you know, remains to be seen. But certainly the fan base is excited about him, which I think counts for something. The Angels needed to do something to get their fans going again after four straight losing seasons. And I think, you know, that was, that's was that been accomplished so far. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm now realizing that we haven't talked to Jeff Fletcher, who covers the Angels. We haven't talked to him about Mike Trout. But, <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> – 
Like, he's the best player in baseball. Uh, thanks for your time, Jeff. I mean, like, right? I mean, <laughs> right. is there anything? I mean, he wins another MVP. He's got three of them now, Jeff. I don't really think there's anything else to say about Mike Trout. Am I am I off base here? I mean, everything you is. You know, I, I did another uh, I did another kind of season preview interview on another radio station yesterday, and we did not mention Mike Trout. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So, yeah, I think we just kind of take it for granted. It's like, oh, yeah, Mike Trout, he's the best player in the world. He's going to go out there and, and be great. And, you know, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're, We're pretty spoiled. Yeah. Okay. I think. Uh, hey, nice job uh, summing up Mike Trout's career so far. Yeah. That was a uh, pretty succinct, uh, right yeah. on the money. Hey, Jeff, we're just happy that we made it through this whole interview, and you didn't hang up on us uh, for any number of reasons, mostly <laughs> to cover a trade. So, uh, hey, we uh, really appreciate your time, and uh, we'll be seeing a whole lot of you, and you'll be seeing a whole lot of us, just like every other season coming up uh, not too long from now, Jeff. Can't wait. Always love going to Seattle. All right. Well, there he is, Jeff Fletcher. He covers the Angels for the Orange County Register. Uh, We've got more coming up on the Hot Stove in just a moment. This is the Hot Stove Report. Going, going, goodbye baseball. On 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle app. Happy to have you with us for the Hot Stove Show. Aaron Goldsmith, Shannon Dreher, Gary Hill, Dakota Jasper Wilder running things for us tonight. Uh, You know, Gary, it's not often that we are on the hot stove show and the hot stove is cooking. I'm like it's, it's cooking. It's an inferno. Yeah. Uh you are you are in process of doing the scroll right now. What what exactly has anything else come out of the uh, Red Sox and Dodgers? I I still don't think it's official. But I mean it sounds like it's happening. It sounds like I mean the headliner is Mookie Betts. MVP, one of the best players in the game, is going to the Dodgers. And I was looking at a mock lineup of what the Dodgers lineup will look like and Mookie Betts in that lineup, and it is pretty good. So the Red Sox And David Price would go in that deal as well as kind of the the money part of that deal. And the Twins are involved, it sounds like. Uh, They send a prospect. The Dodgers send a prospect. So the Red Sox will get two prospects, one from the Twins, one from the Dodgers, Sounds like Alex Verdugo is going to Boston. Sounds like it, yeah. Uh, Dodgers prospect. Thank I had to go into the Twins. Thank you. Go into the Twins. I don't know, I don't know where, what I'm asking Gary. You know, they're given, they are giving up a really good pitching prospect, the Twins are. But if you look at where they're at this year and you look at their window and you look at their needs, starting pitching a definite need for Minnesota. But they are now – I mean, you look at how their team is constructed – and Cleveland, I think I don't think any question taking a step back, even with some talent, obviously, and Lindor and everyone else. But the White Sox contending possibly for the division. But I, I think right now Minnesota's favorite to win the division. And the Central is almost interesting, finally. With the yes. White Sox, I That's think right. as yeah. Jerry Depoto would say, starting to crest probably with their younger talent and finally adding to that. Uh, I you know, Indians, yeah, Kluber is gone, but just by the fact that Lindor is still with them, indicates that, yes, they are intending to be competitive this year. I, I think the Central will be very interesting. So the Red Sox, let's think about this from the Red Sox point of view. You're the Red Sox. You have like a billion dollars, right? Give or take a couple of million. 
You are shedding $27 million in payroll this year for Mookie Betts, who was a free agent at the end of this season. And you are shedding uh, close to $100 million on the life remaining on David Price's deal. So you're under the luxury tax threshold this year by, I think even just getting rid of Mookie would have would have gotten them under, but now they're really under. But they were in a dire situation yeah. with that. I mean, you were you were paying a lot uh, for every buck over the the salary tax or the over the the luxury cap for luxury tax, I should say. And there's a cap and a tax; they're both bad. Um, it, it does. It is kind of odd that you are getting rid of a player who is like not Mike Trout, but like about Mike Trout, about as close as you yeah. get when you're in a market. That has great fan support, a lot of cash flow. And you could reload pretty quickly, but I mean they're clearly going a different direction, and they're spinning this thing on a dime. And they're doing it without a farm system. They have a horrible farm system, right? I think. Do we need to peruse some mm. Red Sox Twitter about right now? <laughs> oh, uh, that's always a bad idea. No matter what's happening, <laughs> stay away. And I mean, they picked up two. Really good prospects, mm-hmm. but it's two. I mean, if, if I were trading bets, I'd want like four or five. Right. I mean, he's just—he's so good. He is so good, and it's just a year, though. I mean, you could also look at it like, hey, and teams usually know more than we do, and maybe he wasn't—maybe he wasn't coming back. Maybe they know that. Well, he made it very clear he's going to be a free agent. Absolutely, right? And that he, was happening. He's going to make. Like four hundred plus million dollars yeah. if he does normal Mookie things in twenty twenty, and maybe that bill was too much for the new look Red Sox to foot. And if that's the case, then let's get something for him now before we can't get anything for him now, since we're not going to catch the Yankees as it is. Mm-hmm. But man, that is uh, that lineup to have Bellinger and Mookie Betts in the same lineup, the same outfield. I mean, only one can win the MVP. This is. Well. The Dodgers have won their division annually for what feels like our lifetime now. I mean, the last almost 10 years, they won over 100 games, and now they pull this off. Kudos to Andrew Friedman, formerly with the Rays. And now, I was, I was always curious how that was going to work, by the way. Friedman going from the, Dodge, from the Rays, where he has basically a gas card of a budget, right? Going to Los Angeles, where your spending capabilities are almost boundless, and how would he? Not that that would be uh, a problem that he doesn't want to have, but that is a unique situation. Going from the doghouse to the penthouse, and man, has he made that place work? Uh, they are really cooking. At the same time, they've been they've gotten to the top, but not you're right, not all the way. You're right. I mean, it's it's been their goal. It's been what they've want to do and they've been oh so close a couple of times well hey the mariners are changing the game with our all-new flex membership go to the games you want sit in the seats you want and get the savings you want all when you want for more information on how to choose your membership and enjoy discounted seats all season long visit mariners.com slash flex and as we are in the early stages of the second hour of the hot stove show we talk more about some flex seating options uh, coming up in uh, roughly half an hour or so. Uh, Francis Traceman of the front office will be joining us on the show. We've got a lot to talk about. Kind of a, truth be told, really kind of a groundbreaking season ticket 
uh, opportunity for Mariners fans. It really hasn't been done, has not been done, not really, has not been done by any other club, any other organization ever. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, that's coming up uh, 30 minutes from now. We will uh, also be talking in the second hour with, uh, man, a future spring training name, Tip Wanhoff. Oh, I mean, if he's not the lefty pitching for the Rockies <laughs> in the eighth inning, my goodness, is that one of the greatest names, Tip Wanhoff? Uh, coming to a spring training near you? He will be. Uh-huh. Uh, he is the VP of the Northwest Chapter of Sabre and uh, somebody that both of you guys got to know a little bit, right? Not that long ago? Yeah, we, we went on a field trip with Sabre, which was great. Gary packed a lunch and everything. That was probably the worst lunch. I brought a banana. Gary <laughs> <laughs> uh, does not have a potassium deficiency, let's put it that way. Uh, so uh, Tip Wanhoff will be talking to us about Sabre. What is Sabre? Can you join Sabre? What's going on with Sabre, especially in our chapter, the Northwest chapter? Tip will be giving us the lowdown on that coming up uh, about 40 minutes from now. When we come back, we will uh, be joined by one of the newer members of the Mariners, uh, Patrick Wisdom. Wait till you hear the highlight coming back. Just wait. Patrick Wisdom. Away. Patrick Wisdom will join us on the Hot Stove Show coming right up. Back to more of the Hot Stove on 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Bases loaded, one out. Patrick Wisdom, the rookie at the plate. Wisdom with a ride out to left. Wisdom, a grand slam, big back land. Cardinals on top, 4-3. Well, Patrick Wisdom is our guest now on the Hot Stove Show, a new member of the Mariners organization at the time of that highlight, playing with the Cardinals. We saw him uh, for a handful of games last year with the Texas Rangers. And, uh, Patrick, first of all, welcome to the Hot Stove and welcome to the Mariners. I guess I can't say welcome to Seattle because you're, like, you're here. You're you're a Seattle guy. Is this right? Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. Um, you know, it's a pleasure to be on air with you guys. And, um uh, I'm excited to be a Mariner, and yeah, I've, I've made Seattle my home for about uh, four or five years now. My wife is uh, is a native Seattle light. Uh, she's from Mercer Island, and her family, you know, dates back to uh, you know early Seattle. So we're Seattle blood through and through. Now, how is training in Seattle going for you? Now, I mean, now that you sign with the Mariners, like now, can you drive to T-Mobile Park? I mean, was this the best part of signing with the Mariners? You have an instant place to work out. Yeah, that, that is a perk of signing with them uh, for the off season is being able to go work out at the stadium. And um, Derek Cantini, the assistant strength coach over there, is, he works us out. Um, I'm over there working out with Marco, um, who just signed, you know, the the extension. So a huge congrats to him. But um, you know, so it's just us two, honestly, in there, and which is nice to have the gym, you know, to ourselves essentially. You mentioned Marco. You know Marco a little bit, don't you? I do, yeah. I've known him for a few years now. Uh, he was in my wedding, and, uh, you know, our wives are really good friends, and, um, you know, we hang out quite a bit. Now, you – got to talk to you about Marco in college because if if my dates are lining up correctly, Patrick, I mean, you're at St. Mary's 2011 and 12, crossing over with when Marco was in the WCC, of course, with Gonzaga. So I'm assuming that you faced Marco in college? I did, yeah, I did. I, um, yeah, we we had some good face-offs. Please tell me you took him deep. Please tell me. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, if he's not listening, I'll say yes. But if he's listening, I'm like, I can let I can let you tell. He'll he'll tell the story. Oh, there's a story. There's a there's like a there's a real story here. I mean, I just had a good game off him. Yeah, that's all. So. I guess I was hoping you'd charge them out or something. <laughs> that's all. Okay. Uh, no, no. I yeah, no. I, I just had a good game. Uh, but you know, I'm glad we're teammates now, and I, I don't have to face them anymore. What is it like going over there in the off season, big league ballpark, and, and nobody's there but working out with Marco and uh, hearing a little bit more uh, about the organization that you're now going to be a part of? Yeah, it gives me, um, I guess, a head start going into spring training, where uh, I know more faces, I know who people are, I kind of know, um, you know, the ins and outs of the organization to an extent, and I know what to expect. Um, going in day one rather than trying to learn it all, you know, in the first week of spring training and trying to meet a whole bunch of people. So I think it's going to give me a leg up on on that aspect of baseball and um, just being familiar with some of the guys I think is going to be crucial. So we heard the highlight coming in of your grand slam with St. Louis. Uh, Just, I mean, a handful of games in the major leagues at that point. What do you remember about that day? What do you remember about that hit? Um, I remember it, it gave us the lead in a crucial game in September against the Dodgers. Um, and, uh, it was just like a really exciting moment. The, the place was going nuts. Um, it was so loud. I remember enjoying the moment as I was running the bases. Um, and then the tides quickly turned and, and we got beat pretty bad that day. Um, but that was just a, a special moment. I, I won't forget. Um, it's just kind of ingrained into my bones. No, Patrick, I think what people who were there remember is you had the most glorious mustache in baseball that year. Am I remembering this correctly? I mean, do you have is the mustache? Will we see that mustache again, this very Tom Selleck, Mr. Baseball mustache? <laughs> oh, man, that's funny you guys mentioned that because I'm actually rocking the mustache right now. Yes. Uh, I wish we could do like a FaceTime radio thing. Um, but, yeah, it, the mustache is right there. It's uh, keeping my upper lip warm through this cold Seattle winter right now. <laughs> Then the mustache is going to spring training, right? Yeah, that's a good uh, that's point. A good question. That's a good – yeah, because, you know, I, I head down next week. I uh, get there a little early, so it might make an appearance. I'm um, still debating that. Oh, now. That's, now, that sounds is, concerning. This is false advertising, Patrick, <laughs> if it's not – I mean, if it's if we don't hey, see well, it in not, a Mariners uniform. Not spring training. If not at spring training, it'll be during the year um, oh. at some point. It, it likes to come out and play, for sure. <laughs> Okay, very nice. Uh, you know, Patrick, you have uh, been in pro ball for a long time now. You were with the Cardinals. Am I, am, are the numbers lining up? You were with the Cardinals organization for seven years. Is that right? Uh, yes, 2012 to 2018. So, yeah, seven seasons. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, you're in one organization for such a long period of time and then a quick stop with the Rangers and now on with the Mariners. Uh how is what is it like as a player when you come up so much with one organization and then, uh, I mean, it's the same game, but there has to be a lot of differences within each organization when now you're putting in uh, a Ranger spring training, now a Mariner spring training, and just uh, when you get so used to doing one thing one way and now you're doing it differently, essentially in consecutive springs. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a huge part of the game that I don't think a lot of people uh, understand or fully you know, know about is, yeah, like teams have their culture and their way of doing things. And, 
uh, when you're when you're moving teams, it's uh, you kind of have to take a step back from the ways you're used to doing something. And I mean, the Cardinals do such a good job; they're such a storied franchise that you know they're teaching the right things. And so, those things that you know are ingrained in you and that you believe are, are better for the game, you try to bring with you and um, you know teach to the other guys and new teams. Um, and that's not to say other teams are doing it the wrong way. It's just things that you believe are, are right. Um, you try to influence, you know, your fellow teammates and your new teammates. Um, with, and along with that, it's understanding what the new team's culture is and the direction they're going and being a part of that and um, being coachable, I guess, is, uh, is a term that you'd like to use. It's just, you know, you don't want to be a guy that's, you know, a, a harmful guy in the clubhouse or a guy that's going against the grain. Um, you kind of want to, you know, believe in yourself and stay true to who you are, but also, um, you know, go in the direction that the team wants to go in as well. Which coach or teammate has had the most impact on you as a player? Um, you know, there, there's a few to name. Uh, Stubby Clapp, who was my manager in uh, Memphis and for a while, and then um, guys last year in AAA with the Rangers, um, Jason Wood and, Howard Johnson, um, you know, Gino Petrolli, those guys really kind of helped me. Um, those are hitting coach in Memphis, Buddha. So those, those are kind of the guys that I've really leaned on in the past and, um, you know, really helped me through some, some times and uh, got me where I need to be. You've played mostly in the corners on the infield in your minor league career, but you've appeared just about everywhere, I think, for second catcher and pitcher. What are you most comfortable at? Um. It's a good question. I feel third base, you know, just kind of been my natural position coming up. Um, so, I'll, you know, I'll say that off the top of the bat. And then, but that doesn't mean I'm not comfortable anywhere else. Um, you know, I feel totally fine at first base, left field, right field. I played center last year for the first time, um, which was a cool experience. And, you know, I just feel comfortable out there um, playing defense. So it's, uh, you know, I don't really. I couldn't really pick like a favorite, but I would say third is like the most natural to me. Was center something that you had prepared for, or did they just put you out there? It was kind of a, a day of spur of the moment thing. Hey, our guy's not feeling too hot. Like, are you able to play center? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'd, I'd love to. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like, okay, like let's let's put on the speed cleats and um, you know see if I can cover some ground out there. No, but it's a uh, it was fun, and yeah, like I said, just a spur of the moment uh, day of kind of thing. So, uh, have you already planned like a very elaborate meal with Marco that he will pay for all of? Now, is this <laughs> like in the near future? Um, I haven't mentioned it to him yet. Um, you know, so, but I, I'm thinking we can like muster something up. You know, our wives get together, and um, I'm sure we can we can find something. We'll we'll be living together in spring training, so. I'll make sure he, uh, you know, buys an extra case of water. Or, oh, no, come know, on. Like this that. better be great water. I mean, <laughs> now, on a serious note, though, Patrick, I mean, for a guy who you consider clearly a, a close friend, what is it like for you when, and now you're his teammate, uh, but when you see somebody who you have, in some ways, kind of come up in the game with, uh, be rewarded for all of his efforts and his production with this uh, extension, what is that like for you to witness and as uh, kind of a cheerleader for all this for Marco? Yeah, it's been super exciting, uh, especially, you know, because we're friends off the field. Um, and that, just to see, you know, him and his wife have this moment 
and their families. Um, you know, it just makes me and my wife like super happy for them. And we couldn't be, we couldn't be happy, honestly. Like we, we got butterflies when he told us and, um, you know, we're just more in awe and shock. I mean, I feel like we were, we were getting the extension too. I was like, Whoa, like this is really happy. This is really cool. Um, but you, I mean, you can't be, you can't be jealous or anything like that with, you know, your friends or you can see these guys fulfill their dreams. And I mean, that's the epitome of what we're all striving for. So, um, you know, when we got the call and he FaceTimed us about it, we, we were just so super excited. And, um, I mean, like I said, we just, we're so thrilled. Well, Patrick, it is great to speak with you on the phone and it's, you should know that, uh, Gary, uh, said that you win the all-time award for quickest response time to join the hot stove show. Yeah. So. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a thing, man. Like, that's a real thing. So <laughs> we thank you for that, and congratulations. Hey, well, thank you. I'm glad I'm glad to be a, a part of it, and uh, I'm happy to be on the air. And we're happy to see that mustache in Peoria. <laughs> Yeah, it'll, it'll make an appearance, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There is Patrick Wisdom, uh, very kind to join us here on the Hot Stove Show, a uh, new member of the Mariners organization, and uh, clearly a very good friend of Marco Gonzalez. We what? should all go mustache for spring. Oh, yeah. That'd be a problem. Does that mean less beard for you, Gary? I mean, that might are be you, a problem. Gary, for those who aren't watching on the 710 stream. Hopefully they've, <laughs> hopefully they've just cut Gary out of the frame. <laughs> Gary has a, a calico. Is that what I heard is best described? Calico beard? It's been described as that, yeah. You have, you have cut it back, though, man. Fortunately. Yes. I mean, it looked I terrible. trimmed it. it. It was getting a tad unruly. I've grown a beard for the winter, which has been nice because every time I step outside, it's really cold, wet. Shannon, can you... Can you rule on a scale? Of, let's do a 20 to 80 scale on Gary's beard. Oh. With 80 being, who like, who's got the greatest beard? Bruce Souter. Bruce Souter well, has the okay, greatest beard of is. all time. 20 being if I grew up. On an interest, I mean, he would have to get points for it. It's like a mosaic. I mean, it's you don't see beards with this many colors. That, and that. that's a and good calico thing? Calico is perfect. I guess that was my first comment when I saw it. It was cat-like. Um, I'm going to... Defer. No, I can't. On. I cannot. I'm not a beard fan to start with. Yeah, let's see. I'm few, few. Now, on the plus side, it hides a great deal of my face. <laughs> so that's that's good for everybody. It is why Mary really supports the beard. <laughs> she won't say it. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Um, I don't. I mean, I think it's a. If I'm a twenty, he's a thirty. I don't think it's a spring beard. No. I mean that's that's gone as soon like the morning you wake up to go to SeaTac to fly to Arizona that thing is gone right I don't know <laughs> a lot of people love the beard <laughs> Hey th- this is a more interesting conversation though am I right Bruce Suter has the best baseball beard of all yeah, time Yeah that's a great call I can't think of anyone no. that's had a better I uh, will have a commercial break to ponder that yeah. that's 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 a great that that is a better take than your beard but congratulations for having the ability to grow. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks. I do not have that ability. Uh, our thanks to Patrick Wisdom. Uh, he sounds like he's going to be a really good guy to have around uh, over the course of the season. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Mariners' senior VP of sales. Francis Traceman will join us here on the hot stove. Uh, we're going to be talking about a, a very, very cool new season ticket plan the Mariners have uh, that is unprecedented. That is straight ahead after this timeout.
All things Mariners, all off-season. The Hot Stove on 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Well, we're thrilled to have you with us tonight for the Hot Stove Show. Aaron Goldsmith, Shannon Dreyer, and Gary Hill, as uh, we are now joined from the Senior VP of Sales for the Mariners. Francis Traceman joins us on the phone. Francis, good evening. How are you? Well, I'm great. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, we are excited to talk to you about uh, kind of uh, something that, if what we can gather, has not been done before in the world of season tickets. The Mariners have a very new, very innovative, flexible season ticket opportunity for all of our fans. What all can you tell us about that? Well, you're almost as excited as I am. Uh, we've In the fall, we introduced what we're calling a fully flexible season ticket membership and um really for fans the way to describe it would be it's an opportunity for you to create your own ballpark experience you have the opportunity to choose the number of seats you want per game the games that you want to go to and the seat location and best of all you can do that throughout the season so most season ticket packages you have to select all of your games up front and the unique piece that we have for um, kind of this fully flexible season ticket membership is it allows you to build as you go throughout the season. So we know people have busy lives and uh, can't always commit to games uh, all up front. And this allows them to, to make those changes throughout the season. And in addition, you know, once, you know, I don't know about you, but my uh, season's pretty busy. And when I make plans, uh, sometimes they fall through and, this flex membership allows people to exchange games back in. So there's a credit on your account. Um, it's all done online. You go into the online portal and select the games that you'd like. And if you can't go to a game, you can return it and it adds a credit back to your account. So we're, we're really excited about it. So am, am I understanding this Francis, where like if I had a group of friends that wanted to come to a game, I could load up and I could use, five or seven or eight tickets for a game on Saturday night and then for a game on Tuesday night when it's just the wife and I, we could just use two tickets. And is that kind of how it works in one way? That's exactly, you have it exactly right. Um, and, you know, in your situation, you also, you know, if you had a group of colleagues that want to go to another game, you can select four seats for, um, you know, try out the Terrace Club level, sit in the upper deck, you can sit in the outfield, um, Really, it, it really truly is flexible for all of those scenarios. Uh, what about limits? Is there any kind of limit on the number of tickets to a single game for folks who uh, sign up for a flex membership? Yeah, there, each game um, is limited to eight tickets. And that, you know, we've kind of looked over the course of 20-plus years to see that seems to be a, a good number for most of our season ticket holders. And, and so far, that, that seems to have worked how did this come about? Was this something that uh, you, the front office, I know the Mariners are always very open to hearing from the fans as to what they are looking for, new things with the ballpark or with, in this case, season tickets. What was exactly uh, the need that brought upon uh, this great idea? Well, the the idea has been brewing for a long time. And, and like I said, we've had flexible um, ticket plans in the past, but there's two main reasons. One, people have busy lives. Um, and we know that preset 
packages haven't always fit those lifestyles. So we do listen to our fans. We ask them. That's something that we've heard that, you know, I'd love to buy season tickets, but I really can't commit to um, X number of games. And I really can't say that every game I'm going to have two seats or four seats. So that's one reason. The other reason, uh, Aaron, is that we've seen, and T-Mobile Park is a great example of this, is that there are so many ways to experience baseball throughout the ballpark, and people want to try them all. So it really, this type of plan allows people to, um, you know, look at different areas around the ballpark, depending on what their needs are. Like you said, if it's a date night or you have a family outing or you have a big client in town, you get to choose which way you want to experience the ballpark. And one of the kind of uh, cool things, uh, something else the Mariners do is the select a seat program, uh, kind of this uh, fun way you can almost test drive a seat. Is there another select a seat date coming up anytime soon, Francis? We do. We have uh, two more select a seat dates. One is this Thursday, uh, 9 to 4.30 p.m., and then we have one on Saturday, February 22nd. And both of those, they're, um, you do need an appointment to come to the ballpark on those days, but it's very easy. Uh, we have online portal, of, again, available if you are interested in coming down to look at seats or even some of our group hospitality spaces or if you need a suite for graduation or a special party that you're planning, we'll have all of our sales team available and, and ready to show those spaces. Well, Francis, this is a, a, a pretty awesome opportunity uh, and pretty creative, to say the least, that the Mariners have brought upon uh, season tickets. If, if anybody who's hearing this is curious where else they can get more information, uh, what would be the best place to direct them? Uh, best place is mariners.com slash flex, and that will get you straight to the flex membership. Um, we have also mariners.com slash season tickets. That's an area that has all of our both flex memberships as well as our reserve memberships. And we're, you know, we have so many options for people to enjoy baseball um, all summer long. A night like tonight, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm ready for baseball (laughs) back in, uh, back in Seattle. Yeah. We were uh, ready for it when it was a night like this, like two months ago. Um, And especially (laughs) a night like tonight this evening. Uh, hey, Francis, yeah. we, we really appreciate you taking some time out of your evening to join us here on the Hot Stove Show. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Take- Francis Traceman, the Senior VP of Sales for the Mariners. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. Mariners.com slash flex. Well, baseball returns to T-Mobile Park with opening day on Thursday, March 26th. The Mariners take on the Texas Rangers. Be on hand for team introductions, fireworks, Good times as we welcome back baseball to Seattle for 2020. Great seats remain at Mariners.com. When we come back, we will be talking with Tip Wanhoff. What a great name. Tip is the VP Northwest chapter for Sabre. We're going to talk a little Sabre. We're going to get a little nerdy. Not like super nerdy, but a little nerdy. And we're talking Sabre after all. Tip is straight ahead after this timeout. Back to more of the Hot Stove on 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Well, the Hot Stove show rolls along. Happy to have you with us. Aaron Goldsmith, Shannon Dreyer, and Gary Hill as we're joined on the phone now by 
I mean, it's not. We're not. We're not going to get a name better than this ever. Tip Wanhoff, the VP Northwest Chapter of Saber, joins us. Uh, Tip, first of all, congratulations on. I mean, tr- you're you're in the right line of work, man. That is like, that's a that's a, one of the all time great baseball names. Do you, I mean, you know this, right? I do, and I do know that, and I very much appreciate it. I mean, if you have a name, Tip, am I saying Wanhoff? This is correct pronunciation. Yeah, correct? yeah. I mean, this yeah. is like if you were to go on baseball reference and just look for a player from like 1879, like I would find Tip Wanhoff, right? Gary, are you look, is there, are you looking? I'm actually up? looking right now uh, to see, has there been a tip to did ever you, play? Do you well, find Tippy yes. Martinez, a uh, Orioles pitcher from a number of years ago? Yeah, there's Tippy Martinez. There's also Tip O'Neill, the lefty who pitched in 1883. <laughs> so, I mean, not the Speaker of the House. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, we're Gary and I often go down uh, baseball reference rabbit holes, and I think we've got a oh, project in I mean, front of us. In 1887, he led the league in doubles, triples, and home runs hey, with man. 52, 19, and 14. Tip, did you know you were this great? Did you come from such a lineage of baseball players? I had no idea. Well, uh, I know you... I just knew of Tippy Martinez. That's the only one I knew of. Well, all right. We can we're we're telling the VP uh, some information about his own name that he doesn't know, which I did not think we we were going to get to that level already. This is very impressive. Uh, you know, we are uh, interested, Tip, in talking to you about a lot of saber related things. Uh, I think uh, people who are really ingrained in the baseball community uh, are very aware of saber i think uh that's not a lot of people though most people on the periphery of the game maybe have heard it referenced uh, here or there on air or they've read about it so can you tell us just first of all very generically what is saber what all does it do yeah saber is a, a nationwide uh, organization that was founded back in the early 70s it's basically devoted to researching and building a better understanding of the game of baseball and most people are familiar with Sabre because of Sabre metrics and when we start talking about advanced statistics and, and whatnot. Um, but the organization uh, is far uh, broader than that in its interest, a lot of history, a lot of uh, baseball and culture uh, that is um, studied by our members, and it's a lot of fun. If you like baseball, Sabre will be up your alley. Tip, I, I spoke at a meeting a couple of years ago, and it was fantastic because I was – kind of of the mindset that, yeah, it's all about the numbers, which I love. That's a good part of it. But there were so many different presenters all across baseball. Like you just mentioned, what what might somebody hear about if they were to go to one of those meetings? Yeah, and if you're coming to one of our meetings, you might hear from uh, one of our members who is the foremost scholar um, of the dead ball era, for example. And he's authored some of the most comprehensive books on the history of the dead ball era and he might be presenting at one of our meetings. You might hear from um, Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times, Mariners beat writer, who makes a stop off at uh, one of our meetings each year to give us an update on uh, what's going on in Mariners land. A number of our uh, members are very active researchers and scholars of the game, uh, a lot of history, um, and they do a really wonderful job sharing their work with our group, and I learn something at every meeting I go to. I learn a lot of stuff at every meeting I go to. Even the meeting that Gary was a part of? <laughs> Not that one. Oh, Gary was fantastic. Gary was fantastic. Did he have the beard? 
I think he did have the beard. Yeah, he did. It was early in the season. Or off season, yeah. Well, if yeah. it if it looked that it clearly wasn't Tip would remember. If it was what it is now. But Gary spoke to well, one I of your thought, meetings. I, yeah, back wasn't that in November, I think, yeah. Gary. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. I I talk about Aaron a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I filled everybody and in. Aaron, you should come out. Well, I mean I mean if Gary's talking. <laughs> He'll he'll tell me he'll tell me all the all the things I need to be prepared for, and I'll just talk about Gary the whole time, how, okay. how many bananas he eats and how many miles he runs on the road. Really, just bananas and running. That's all <laughs> That's, there is to know. There's no depth to me at all. Yeah. No, it's not. The, there's meetings too, but there's also field trips. We went on recently uh, one with you to Driveline, which was fantastic. Yeah, that was really special. That was we we spend most of our meetings kind of in a classroom setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, hearing from presenters and whatnot. So this was our opportunity to go out and kind of see the cutting edge of baseball as it exists today. And so our friends out at Driveline hosted us for an afternoon, and we got to observe um, players working out. We got to observe uh, pitchers uh, doing what they call a pitch design uh, exercise, where they're basically trying to perfect their craft using cutting-edge data and and uh, research tools, and then um, we we uh, adjourned from our field trip into a more classroom setting where the driveline guys basically sat down with us for two hours of question and answer, and we got to ask them basically anything we wanted, and they were very candid and very forthright with us, uh, which which is always very uh, much appreciated by our members. We're talking with we have a very we have a very curious. Uh, membership group, and if if they're given two hours of Q and A, they will fill two hours. <laughs> it's, it's really remarkable. Tip Wanhoff is our guest. He is the VP of the Northwest Chapter of Saber. Uh, you know, for people who are listening to this tip, who are saying like, "Yeah, that, that's this sounds like me. This sounds like a group I would want to be a part of." Uh, what do you have to do to go about to become a member? Well, there's a couple of things you can do. the The easiest way to get involved is to go to saber.org and pay the $65 and sign up to become an annual member. You'll automatically be included on uh, the chapter mailing list, and then you'll get every email notification uh, whenever we have something coming up. If you're not ready to make that kind of commitment, you're welcome to go on to our uh, Northwest Sabre Chapters Facebook page, for example, um, and just see kind of what's going on. Uh, we we post regular updates on there, see what's going on, and, and just come to one of our um, regular meetings. The next time we have a meeting uh, in your area, our our uh, meetings are always free. You can just come up. You can stay for as little or as much as you want. Take it in. See if this is going to be something that you're interested in. If it's not, that's fine. If it is, hopefully we'll see you at another meeting, and maybe you'll think about joining our group and being an official member. You know, I will say the um – the segment on the Wheelhouse podcast called Stump JD, where I, I have to ask Jerry DePoto a trivia question. Like for the first, I don't know, 10-ish, 15, I was like, yeah, I got, I got some trivia. And then, man, the tank runs empty. Like, it, <laughs> I mean, to get like real good trivia, right, uh-huh. some like really good stuff. And uh, the Horsehide trivia on Sabre's webpage, mm-hmm. the, the Horsehide blog, that is, I mean, the guys who are coming up with this stuff, man, uh, they – they should be, they should be working in Cooperstown because uh, the baseball trivia you can find there is uh, second to none. So I, uh, 
I dip my toe into Sabre uh, quite often whenever we have one of those podcasts, uh, typically because it's the only way that I can do it. Uh, do, do you guys have any, like, I would imagine that your members could have these back-and-forth trivia contests all day long. This must be a, an informal part of many meetings, I would have to think. Oh, absolutely. They love trivia. They love talking baseball. They love pulling these obscure nuggets of information that they've learned about and share them with other people. We do have trivia contests from time to time at our meetings uh, where, and when I'm putting together the trivia quiz, I try to find the most obscure things I could possibly come up with. And I'm always amazed at the amount of uh, uh, accuracy that some of our members have in identifying the answers to these questions. Because I, in that horse side trivia that you're talking about is is really out there and advanced stuff, and, and they're on it. Yeah, what Texas-born pitcher did not make it to the majors until he was 35 years old, having been out of organized baseball for approximately a decade due to recurring arm troubles? Jim Morris. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> One of our members probably knows the answer. <laughs> hey, uh, Tip, man, this has been really great. Uh, we appreciate By the you. way, there, I found one more. Oh, Tip, you did? Tip Tobin. One plate appearance oh. in his career. 1932, he pinched it for the New York Giants in a game against Brooklyn. Wow. Tip Tobin. Legend. Yeah. I, I, I sense a future trivia question out of that. Yeah, cool. use Absolutely. that for sure. Uh, hey, yeah. Tip, we appreciate it, man. This has been great. I hope we can meet in person one day. And uh, I would, I would, I think one and done for Gary as a guest <laughs> speaker is probably wise. You know, I think he said his, he said his fair share. Be my guess. Gary is welcome anytime he wants. Wow, man! All right, We'd love to have him. All right, well, I'm t- a member too, by the way. A paying member? Yes, I'm a paying member. All right, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's why he, he never pays for dinner. Emails. Yeah. Oh, all right. Very nice. All right, uh, Tip Wanhoff. Thank you, man. It's good to talk to you. Hey, thank you all for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, our pleasure. Tip, the VP of the Northwest Chapter of Saber. We've got a little more to get to here on the Hot Stove Show right after this timeout. All things Mariners, all off-season. The Hot Stove on 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Well, single-game tickets are on sale now, which means you can purchase seats to some of the biggest games of 2020, including opening day, series against the Yankees, the Phillies, World Series champion Nationals, plus more fireworks shows than ever before. All you have to do is go to Mariners.com. Well, it's been a fantastic hot stove show as usual. It began in the first hour talking with Mariners assistant general manager Justin Hollander. And we talked to him about, uh, of course, the news of the day with the extension for Marco Gonzalez. And he also broke down how good Noelvi Marte is. Noelvi's legit. Um, Noelvi has, in our, in, our ver- in our verbiage, Noelvi has big tools. Noelvi can run, like really run. Uh, Noelvi's got power. He can throw. Um, Noel, we can do a lot of things and he is a physical specimen at 17 years old. Um, and obviously you don't want to put too much pressure on or overhype somebody who's never played in the States. Uh, again, for us, maybe almost as much as any other prospect that was on the list, that selection in the top hundred for Noel, we validates how we feel about him internally. There's a lot of young players with tools at the lower levels of the minor leagues for the industry to tell Baseball America that Noelvi deserves to be at that spot. I, he had to have been one of the younger players on the list and one of the few players who's not made a stateside debut to be on the list. Um, that feels great for our international scouting department, for our player development department. Um, Noelvi really blew up the DSL, particularly in the, uh, the last month of the season in August. I know he was their number one ranked prospect in that league. 
uh, baseball America's number one ranked prospect at the end of the year. We're really excited to see what he does over the next couple of years. Mariners have five players in Baseball America's top 100 entering the season. Julio Rodriguez, eighth overall. Jared Kelnick, 11th. Evan White checks in at number 54. Logan Gilbert, 59. And the young man that Justin Hollander was just talking about, Noel V. Marte, yet to play on U.S. soil, number 92 in Baseball America's top 100. Well, Jeff Fletcher covers the Angels for the Orange County Register. And a lot of news surrounding the Angels, including tonight with some ramifications of the Dodgers-Red Sox trade. But among many things, Jeff talked to us about the effect Joe Madden might have on this ball club. Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, and, you know, Angels fans certainly wanted to have Joe Madden as their manager. There's kind of a mystique about him, you know, because he led the Rays to the World Series and won the World Series of the Cubs. But I'm kind of a believer that the manager doesn't really have a huge impact. I think it's mostly the players. It's all the players. So, you know, whether Joe Madden is going to make them better, you know, remains to be seen. But certainly the fan base is excited about him, which I think counts for something. The Angels needed to do something to get their fans going again after four straight losing seasons. And I think, you know, that was, that's been accomplished so far. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, time will tell. Brad Osmus lasted a year at Angel Stadium. And now it is Joe Madden who takes over the reins for the Halos. Patrick Wisdom is new to the Mariners organization. He played against Marco Gonzalez in college. Of course, Marco at Gonzaga, Patrick Wisdom at St. Mary's. They were together in the Cardinals organization. Patrick Wisdom will be rooming with Marco in spring training. Their wives are very close. And Patrick, very excited for Marco Gonzalez and his new extension. I've known him for a few years now. Uh, he was in my wedding. And, uh, you know, our wives are really good friends. And, um, you know, we hang out quite a bit. Now, you, we, i got to talk to you about Marco in college because if, if my dates are lining up correctly, Patrick, I mean, you're at St. Mary's 2011 and 12, crossing over with when Marco was in the WCC, of course, with Gonzaga. So I'm assuming that you faced Marco in college? I did, yeah, I did. I, um, yeah, we, we had some good face-offs. Please tell me you took him deep. Please tell me. <laughs> I mean, if he's not listening, I'll say yes. But if he's listening, like, I can let I can let you tell. He'll he'll tell the story. Oh, there's a story. There's a there's like a there's a real story here. I mean, I just had a good game off him. Yeah, that's all. I guess I was hoping you charge them out or something. <laughs> that's all. Okay. Uh, no, no. I yeah, no. I, I just had a good game. Uh, but you know, I'm glad we're teammates now, and I, I don't have to face him anymore. We'll find out for Marco. We will ask him when we get to spring training. Frances Traceman is the Mariners' senior VP of sales. She joined the show tonight uh, talking about a, a very groundbreaking season ticket plan the Mariners have in store for us in 2020. In the fall, we introduced what we're calling a fully flexible season ticket membership. And um, really, for fans, the way to describe it would be it's an opportunity for you to create your own ballpark experience. You have the opportunity to choose the number of seats you want per game, the games that you want to go to, and the seat location. And best of all, you can do that throughout the season. So most season ticket packages, you have to select all of your games up front. And the unique piece that we have for um, kind of this fully flexible season ticket membership is it allows you to build as you go throughout the season. So we know people have busy lives and uh, can't always commit to games uh, all up front, and this allows them to to make those changes throughout the season. And in addition, you know, once, you know, I don't know about you, but my uh, 
season's pretty busy, and when I make plans, uh, sometimes they fall through. And this Flex membership allows people to exchange games back in. So there's a credit on your account. Um, it's all done online. You go into the online portal and select the games that you'd like. And if you can't go to a game, you can return it, and it adds a credit back to your account. Good show, as always, here on the Hot Stove Show. As you know, we circle back to that first hour, guys, and hearing Justin Hollander, Mariners assistant general manager, uh, to me, one of the biggest takeaways from this Baseball America's Top 100 list is that you know it's one thing for us to be telling everyone about the prospects that are coming through the pipe for the Mariners. It's another thing for industry observers to be adding them to the most prestigious list that the industry has to offer. This is validation, I think, in many ways that, to date, the plan is working. It is progressing on track, if not even maybe a little ahead of track. Yeah, and I think one of the great things was your question about Marte and that they are going to keep coming, and that is, is you know huge. It's just about sustaining right now. And I thought one of the interesting things that he talked about, too, was what they were doing with their offseason this year. Obviously, right. one player has been traded off of the Mariners roster. That's it. But they've gone back. They've reassessed. They've come up with processes. And uh, it just it's always fun to hear from Justin. He is so passionate about every aspect of the game. Yeah, to that point, it's amazing to look at the roster and how different it is from two years ago in terms of average age and control. And I think there's only three players that aren't under control next year, which is pretty amazing when you look at a a 40-man roster. Shannon, you are – we won't see you next week. You're going to be in the Valley of the Sun. I'm going to be in the sunshine. I'm ready to go. Yeah, um, I – pitchers and catchers report on Wednesday. I report on Tuesday. Need a little extra time, get – Beat on the ground and get going. But um, this, for me, I think it is spring training number 20. And, oh. yes, so presents will be appreciated yeah. when you guys get down there. But we'll get a cake. Yeah, yeah, chocolate's good. Um, it's going to be so interesting. It, it says, you know, we're going to recognize a lot of these guys. A lot of times you walk into that spring training clubhouse and half of it is players that have been brought in in the off season or – just uh, our players that you've not encountered yet, we have learned so much about the young players that are going to be there. Very few players have been brought in from the outside. The plan is to play them, and it all starts when we hit Peoria. So I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what is this guy all about? What is this guy? What does the pitching look like? What are these young arms in the bullpen that Justin Hollander was talking about look like? Can they break through? Can they win a spot out of spring training? Uh, it's going to be competitive in a couple of different areas, and uh, for me, I'm just – I am so looking forward to seeing these young players and just the starts of their careers and hopefully very long Mariners' careers. Now, big spring training for a lot of young players in Peoria this year. Mariners' value games return again in 2020. Plus, new this year, the first 10 value games of the season are even more valuable with $5 center field bleacher seats. The value continues with select concessions and team store item for $5 as well. Get seats at mariners.com slash value. Well, glad you could be a part of the Hot Stove Show tonight. For Shannon Dreyer, for Gary Hill, for Dakota Jasper Wilder, I'm Aaron Goldsmith. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.